Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape. We've got a special one for you. This is the Spider-Man 2, or should I say, amazing Spider-Man 2. You have to say amazing. Recap and review uh, episode with Ian Kerner. Who else would you want on the couch to talk amazing Spider-Man 2? Um, especially after the vehement reaction we had to the first amazing Spider-Man. Um, you know, we weren't shy about it on Geekscape. Ian's not shy about it. Um, the amazing. This is the follow-up to Mark Webb's original Amazing Spider-Man, and I got to tell you guys, if you haven't seen the movie, well, we're gonna spoil the hell out of it. So whether or not you want to see it or not want to see it, I was gonna say. I was gonna. This is what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, if you haven't seen the movie, go see it. But you know, in good conscience, all I'm gonna say is, know that we're gonna spoil it. Whether or not you want to see the movie is up to you. But if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, hopefully you've seen it. I guess you have to do these spoilers every time. I mean, isn't that I, it, what well, the show's about? Is well, we're going to talk you, about Ian. the movie? Uh, well, I can do a spoiler-free review. Um, like, I, I saw Godzilla. I have to do a spoiler. Uh, I'm going to do a spoiler-free review because Godzilla's got, like, cool plot stuff that goes on. I won't listen to your spoiler-free review. Well, I'm telling everybody. I wouldn't listen to your spoiler-filled review either until well, I see the movie. Right. Well, but, I'm, t- I'm telling everybody to avoid any more trailers. Like, they just put up a, a Godzilla clip that says, let them fight. Right. And I told my friends, I was like, no, do not you, you, look you, at that You know clip. how I am. Do not look at that clip. You know, we, we, we get on threads and talk about trailers. Yeah. And I just, I see early trailers and then I stop because yeah. these days it just ruins everything. Um, Godzilla, just a warning, <clears throat> is one that you definitely want to avoid from here on out. Any uh, spoilers. And we've already seen uh, most of X-Men Days of Future Past, so... <laughs> I've been avoiding them. Yeah, no, they've shown a lot of that, including in the, tr- in the credits to this movie. Yeah. Which is a funny, like, roundabout result of, I guess, Mark Webb having another contracted film at Fox, knowing that he was going to be locked up with Spider-Man for the foreseeable decade, and um, needing to fulfill that contract. So Sony gave, said, hey... Give me the Days of Future Past thing. We'll put it in the credits. It's kind of silly, but let's not talk about that. Uh, let's talk about the actual movie. This is Mark Webb's second Amazing Spider-Man movie, Amazing Spider-Man Two. It's got Jamie Foxx as Electro. Well, uh, you know who's that? Dane DeHaan. Well, 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 one second. Well, let me say something. Since you, you already brought you it up, Go just to be it. clear, because it yes. frustrated a lot of people. Yes. We're all used to on these on Marvel movies having to stay for the credits. You yes. can leave the second the credits start. The only thing is, in the middle of the credits is a little... Completely a little without piece. context. No context. Yeah, There's crazy. a little piece of Days of Future Past. There's nothing that has to do with Spider-Man. Then I personally stayed after just in case. There was nothing, nothing. at the end. No. There's absolutely nothing there. I'll, I'll go one step further. I actually shazammed the song during the credits to see the credit list, credit sequence in order to see the Sinister Six uh, logos or like Sinister Six uh, implied graphics that come up and right. knowing that it's like Mysterio and Craven and you know a couple of the guys you see in this movie Rhino Doc Ock Vulture and Green Goblin like that's our Sinister Six going into it and this really is a bit of a prequel movie I think there's a lot of mo- this is an interesting movie a lot well, of people well, let, let, let's no no, get, no I'm gonna get to let, it let's start you the let, beginning you let me get to well, no, it you, you, because you're jumping ahead the, no, no, you're jumping ahead let me tell you this is what I'm gonna say because All right, say it. we went into this movie with so much told to us already that it really affected our approach sitting in that theater before the movie even started. We had friends who said this movie was a piece of garbage. I had a, a, a couple friends publicly saying this movie is awful. It's tragic. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. And, and, and here's what I'm realizing. People were saying it was the worst thing ever. The worst and, thing ever. You know, comparing it to Batman and Robin. I had one friend who, who I said, is it really Batman and Robin? And he said, well, it's more Batman forever. And I said, okay, well, I, I can sit through Batman forever. So with my ticket in hand, granted, I was going to matinee this movie, 750 over at the AMC. That's what I was willing to give it because I was so not in the camp of the first one. I'm sitting in the theater. I went at 8 o'clock on Thursday. Expecting because. to like, just be excruciating, in excruciating pain and, for that. And, and, and I felt hours. the same way. We didn't see this one together. But I, but I walked in going, this is going to be the worst thing ever. That's the setup. Yeah. So now that that's the setup, knowing that Ian and I are like doomsaying, sitting in the seat, as this movie starts to unroll, Ian, what is your experience with it? I, I've had to sit with this movie for a bit because similar to the first one, which ultimately I vehemently you know, dislike, but there were things that were good in that movie. Yes. Once again, you know, the relationship stuff is good. It's, it's a very believable relationship. And I have to say that 
Most of the actual Spider-Man stuff is good. Once again, he's great in costume with the wisecracks. In this film. You're talking yeah. about Amazing Spider-Man 2 now. Yeah. Now I'm talking about yeah. Spider-Man 2. There's a little bit in the first one, way better in this one. Um, the CGI of him as Spider-Man, again, yes. way better. The costume, there are moments I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow, it's like, it looks like it's Bagley Spider-Man, like right mm-hmm. on the screen. I was like, I can't believe this. And again, as you said, and I'm probably going to repeat what you said several times as we talk about this, I went in with such low expectations. And I saw it with, I saw it with, uh, with a couple who are not fanboys. You know, they love the big movies. And, and one friend of mine that is a fanboy. And, of course, the fanboy friend and I, you know, we were sitting there mumbling to each other the yes. whole movie. Yeah. Because you, know, you couldn't help it. But we kept going like, oh, that, that part was actually pretty good. But, I mean, there's so much wrong. So, we're, you know, for anyone listening right now that's seen it going, all right, Ian, have you completely lost your mind? I have a few friends. They're expecting me to savage this movie. Yes. Don't worry. We're getting there. <laughs> um, and the more you sit with this movie, the more it rubs you wrong. That's absolutely true. Because here's the thing, and I'll tell you this in the cleanest way I can, knowing that I was expecting, like, literally, like, a very tough two and a half hours, I enjoyed my experience watching this movie because my expectations were, could not be lower. My my, my buddy said the same thing. And I walked out of the theater and I was like, I kind of enjoyed that, that, but it was so contextualized. Right. No, like only I, we can do. Knowing that, that this will not be the Sam Raimi movies, you have to accept that yes, this is, that, you have to completely accept that this is the, 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 the Mark Webb movies and saying, hey, okay, this is the Mark Webb movies and that's the only consistency I want. Knowing how, how you know, what they did to Peter in the first movie, like this, okay, knowing that, the, you can't undo that. Let's move forward, knowing that the whole lies, you wait know, a second, wait a second. Knowing wait, that wait, the back, promises are the ones you can wait, 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 One second, one second, one second, one second. See, because I know you, and I know how much you hated the whole thing about the promise. Oh, you know that, that he and they broke. spent thirty so, minutes on this movie so me, well, fixing that. Yeah, but did they fix it? No, they addressed it, and they addressed it, and they addressed it. They, they addressed it, it to death. Excuse me. Here come the spoilers. Yeah. they addressed it to death. Literally, Literally addressed yeah. it to death. Yeah, and ultimately, come on, Jonathan. So great, they dealt with it. He was struggling. So now we're supposed to feel like at least he's Peter because he's struggling with the decision to keep fucking seeing her. He gives in Caesar, and she fucking dies. Yeah. Okay. Guess what? Which is great. Whose fault is it that he died? Absolutely, hundred percent. It's his fault. I don't agree with you. It's not great. It pisses me off. Why? When it happened in the movie, my first reaction was, okay, they just gave this movie a gravitas, so that's kind of cool and dark, but. This is my problem. And follow me here. I'm following you. This in the comics, in the Raimi movies, and it's debatable. Yeah. yeah. Fine, he let the burglar go. He fucked up. He was a little selfish. They With great power must come great responsibility. He didn't learn that in the first movie. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm making a point here. You know, that happens, and I kind of feel, and I've always felt, and you don't know a bigger Spider-Man fan than me, but Maybe Peter's taking that... He's taking it, honestly, a little too far. That happened, and it's his fault that his right. uncle died. Right. That, that, to me, that's not a proximate cause. It's not really that, yes, it's true if he had stopped the burglar, his uncle wouldn't have died. But the level of resp- – I mean, that's the whole point right. with great power. You know, whether you accept that it was really his fucking problem, that's his line, is it's not my job, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not – it wasn't his business, you know. You get into an interesting social commentary and it sort of feels more like a daredevil kind of thing where it's, well, I have superpowers. Does that mean I suddenly should be a vigilante and stopping some fucking burglar running by? Well, Jimmy Fox takes it the other way in this one. Well, I'm saying we're going to go there. But right. I'm, I'm just saying we, 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 we step back to the comics for a moment. Now I'm going to a further place. The reality is in the comics is after that, though, Peter never does the selfish thing. He right. always sacrifices his own happiness for what's right and what's good. You know, his word means everything. He's guilt-ridden all the time. So, yes, I get what you're saying, that at least we saw he was guilt-ridden in this. But ultimately, he gave in. She's helping. She's there. You know, he's a she's fucking She's the only one idiot. who could recharge the, yeah, the she's thing. The only it's one. a giant button. I mean, not only that, oh, I felt like they <laughs> had the to give us a little nugget. Well, excuse yeah. me. When they go, oh, she's the one that figures out everything because she's smarter than he is right there. I'm going, well, that's not fucking Peter Parker. Right. He's a fucking idiot. You know, oh, he's number two in the school. He, it's like when that's, they, we talked about this when we reviewed the first movie that instead of him being this total nerd, he's kind of the geek chic. And with that, he's not even as smart. Right. You know, and that bugs me. 
you so, know? So, and, what's so what the I'm point saying is say? the point I'm trying to say is I have a really big problem that he's just a fuck up. Yes. I feel like this like here's a, here's my big complaint with She's dead, it's his fucking fault. Yeah, yeah. In the comics she dies similarly, but all she does is die. She has no idea he's Spider-Man. Right. You know, he's done everything he can to keep her safe. And the Green Goblin's crazy, finds out and kills her. You know? Well, Throw- arguably kills her. Well, yeah, he throws her off and Spider-Man tries to save her and you know, he's And they definitely answered that question in this movie. They didn't even make it ambiguous. Peter kills her in this movie. The well, cat, the, he well, catches her with the web, and he absolutely kills her in this movie. He kill, That's exactly the same way it happens in the comic. In but she wasn't already dead. In, she doesn't, she, she's not conscious in the comic. In the comic, she may already be dead. No. It, in this one, no, the no, snap no, no. is huge. He throws her off the bridge. Spider-Man brings the web. Yeah. It gets her. He's thinking it's just in time. And then and it snaps. As it's the, the, sna- snap, the panel, right. Snap. Yeah, it basically takes the vertebrae. So it kills her. She was not dead before. It was the snap that killed her. And they so they even, do that in the same... It, it's the it, same it's thing. It's very much the same. Okay? But you don't like it because Peter... And, here, and let me tell you... Let me tell you... She wouldn't have been there. Let me tell you what I liked about it. She wouldn't and shouldn't have been there. No, yeah, absolutely. But she was the only person who knew how to reset that giant button. It's fucking and, and luckily the dead guy had a key on his hand and it was just... And don't worry about it. it, um, it, th- it there's it, a lot of hokey cartoony yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, listen... But Th- that was just broad but stuff. The stuff that most hey. people are just going to like are, are much more, you know, just in filmmaking. This is, this, this is what I'm saying. Um, what I liked about that was it was the Uncle Ben death that the first one should have had. And it's about time that Peter got that lesson. It took four and a half hours for yeah, Mark, for Mark Webb's. It took four and a half hours. I'll give you that. Because that's the biggest lesson of Peter Parker. Yeah. That is what makes Peter Parker Peter Parker. No, I, and whereas Ra- Raimi did it in le- like 45 minutes... It took four and a half hours no, for the that. amazing Spider-Man and, movies and, and, to do the and, Uncle and, Ben and death. Fact, and the fact that he then took time off and it had to see that he actually had a function to go back to it. Uh, you know Could what? Could you imagine if she uh, lived? Uh, yeah, no, but I, took, I'll give you that. It took four and a half I like hours it. He, he now, for him he to comes have his back with the gravitas that, he should, that Raimi did in 45 minutes. It's crazy. That he should have had before. Now, now let, let me tell you, and again, because I went in there with such low expectations, I came out not feeling like I'd wasted two and a half hours, and I was like, okay, that's right. fine. But, but let's say this, though. Here's the thing. It. It's a general statement. Right. The villains are horrible. We're going to spend some time now tearing <laughs> that's apart. What I, that's what I was about to say. But they're fucking horrible. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. If, 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 you, if you do not like Jamie Foxx's uh, Max Dillon... And if oh you do not God. like the what do you mean hand, if? But let me tell you, um, if you don't laugh yourself through the scenes as I did, oh, so you're hard. going to have the most excruciating two so, and a half hours ever. I, 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 no, I have to say something to you that, that I held back the last couple. But of But I'm days. actually going to thank the people who told me it was Batman or Robin and Batman Forever because exactly. Jamie Foxx because it really is. It was so much fun watching him completely do a Saturday no, afternoon I, on TNT version of Max Dillon and you're just laughing no, at me this like, is what this I wanted to insane. say to you I'm sitting here and I'm watching this movie I'm thinking about I'm thinking and Dr. Kafka was even better excuse me it <laughs> is this intentional or not was this an homage to those movies <laughs> I love ser- it think about it I loved it for all the reasons Wait. that people are now groaning being he, like how could you love that understand he, why he, I love it excuse me he's Mr. Freeze yeah. he's the Riddler oh, yeah. it's awesome I mean he's everything that was so wrong with those movies and they have it with each of yeah. these villains. It's so bad. Understand why I love it. I love it because it gives the promise of a complete Scorched Earth what? reboot. I'm, I'm saying, look, look. Is I was it, laughing to every in scene. In some way, Green Goblin, he's, he's part of the horrible Bane in those movies. Yeah. There's a bunch of poison ivy in there. Oh, I, so, I mean, I'm seriously sitting here going, like, these movies are a full-on homage to those my, two horrible movies. My wife asked me yesterday why I kept walking around the house going, you lied to me. It's my birthday. You shot me. Because Jamie Foxx's Max Dillon is one of the most quotable villains you will see this summer. One of the most quotable but, things. because what, was, Wasn't he Jim Carrey? It was in, awesome. In, as the Riddler? It was, it was so spectacular on so many levels that um, you just have to respect the fact that they went all in. You know what? Um, th- here's the thing. So, I, I, I get really upset when a Spider-Man movie is dismissible. And I felt like Amazing Spider-Man 1 was dismissible. It, okay. w- it wasn't Peter. It wasn't our right, Peter right, Parker. Right. I felt very dismissed by it. Right. Knowing that I've then dismissed it, I was almost at peace watching this movie. <laughs> I was almost zen-like. I'm watching this, and I'm like, you know what? I've dismissed this. Now that here are the things that are starting to play on me that I actually like. 
the relationship between Peter and Gwen. Uh, I love the relationship. I love that scene. I, I when, actually love that, that relationship in the first movie she, until the end. When she's, telling the him, when she's telling him that she's going to England, that scene where he's kind of hiding behind the tree beforehand. I like that little stuff. I was thinking about a scene. Weren't you that, thinking, no, in the comics you should have fucked Norman already? Yeah, yeah. yeah the Straczynski reboot, the kind of reworking of, yeah, I, I, I was thinking that too. I was like, oh yeah, so she goes to England and then has sex with Norman Osborn and then goes to England and that's Straczynski's gift to the Amazing Spider-Man universe. Um, here's a specific scene and it's not really a scene. It's just a little thing that they did. And, it, and, and, and when I was watching it, I was like, why would you even... I was, I was like, should they have kept that? And it's really simple. Gwen's waiting for him by a Ferris wheel uh, or by the Whole Foods in Columbus Circle. Mm-hmm. Gwen's waiting for him to come out of the subway. When he comes out of the subway, he, there's a, a whole scene. And keep in mind, like, like an editor would have been like, oh, we don't need it. But he walks across the street. Like, he sees her, and he just blindly walks across the street. Right. And I think he, like, chips off a rearview mirror on one yeah. of the cars. But it's... But he, I but felt it was the spider sense kept him safe. Yeah. Otherwise, he's so oblivious and a mess. But it's just this nice little piece. And yeah. you're right. He could have... I mean, I'm right. He could have I, I actually liked that scene. Yes, he could have just come out of the subway. And this is an explanation for, like, a criticism and some of the things that I actually like and why it's a different... Just a different Spider-Man series. Um... But why it's also the Raimi movies are the gold standard. Um, first two. He, yeah, the first two. He's walking across the street, and it's just this nice little lyrical, sweet little thing. And those little pockets in this movie are the things that w- when I go in and, I, and I've already dismissed stuff, those are little things that I like. Him hiding behind the tree. Those little pieces that come out of the performance, the I like. The thing about and, getting and her and out of Oscorp and the whole thing and the physical comedy was fun. great. Cool stuff. Um, now I'm going to compare it really brutally to the to, to the Amazing Spider-Man 2's opening and this opening. In this opening, you start... The you know, Spider-Man 2 and the Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yes. Okay. So, so you got that opening that we saw in the trailer, and this is after the whole Ben Parker stuff, and we got 40 minutes to talk about Ben Parker. But, uh, you, you know, you've seen in the trailer where he's, he's falling about down... Ben Parker or Richard Parker? Richard Parker, my bad. So, Richard Parker. So you're saying the, uh, the, the Dark Knight... The Dark, yeah, Dark, Dark, Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, the, the, the Vio from 2014 right. working 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, so uh, the good news is the web was awesome back then, and you could upload from a plane that's disastrously, like, yeah. flying towards it's the no Earth. No problem. Um, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Well, they made the upload before it crashed. And that was not a laptop from like 2000 <laughs> right. or whatever. So, um, so, so here's the After that scene, you see, you see the Spider-Man logo. It was, it was Oscorp Next Gen Tech. So you see the Spider-Man logo and it, and it dissolves to Peter falling free fall into the air. And he, he has this whole chase with the nuclear stuff or the, the radioactive was stuff. was one of the worst directed action scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. Completely took me out of the now, movie. Now compared to this. Compared to, and this is not an action scene, compared to Peter just delivering pizzas at the beginning yes. of Spider-Man 2 and how that sequence what, tied into awesome. he is late. Mm-hmm. The, whole, the whole like crux of that movie right. is Peter becoming a man. Becoming yeah. the man, you know. Yeah. Like each of those Spider-Man movies had like an argument. They had yeah. a crux. They had like a, a thing. And in this movie, we just said that it took four and a half hours to do what Dreamy did in 45 minutes. But this is what I'm telling you is that it just has, it, it has a lot of fat on it. That action sequence. Don't you love when he delivers the pizza to Emily Deschanel and she's like, "You're late. Yeah. It's free." And he's just so dejected. I'm just looking at the composition. You know that was Emily Deschanel in that scene. Yes. I'm just looking at the compositions of that com- of the conversation with the pizza shop owner, uh-huh. the 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 sequence where he's rescuing the the, the kid in front of the the truck on the the thing. The, the guy's taking the pizza. That is such a well-economized sequence. That's every right, listeners. Shot. We expect you to have seen every Spider-Man movie when you're listening to this review. With intense detail, because every single shot in that sequence has to be there. Every yeah. single shot. Yeah. Every single piece. And it has to be there in the, in the composition you're, that it's you're at. You're talking about a massively directed and it's edited awesome. film. No, I'm just talking about this little sequence. Right. But, it's but I'm crazy. saying, it's, just, it's, just, it's it great. It is crazy how well yeah. that three, four, five minutes right. sets up Peter for the rest of the movie. And I mean, keep in mind, when, like he's daydreaming on his little go-kart thing, on his little thing, and uh-huh. he sees Mary Jane on the billboard behind him. Yeah. He doesn't see the car in front of him. Every shot, every moment, every composition, every yeah. sequence, every angle is the way it's supposed to be in that sequence to set right. up that Peter needs to gain responsibility in order to be the, one, the man that Mary Jane uh, like deserves. Yeah. Which is the whole movie, right? Yeah. Because she's going to lose him to, you know, Jameson's son and all this. Now here's... the <laughs> flash forward to that, like, the Down beginning. to the end of the movie. It was awesome. And, and when he leaves... And that silent, aching, what the fuck did I get into in my life? I love him, but oh my God, what the, the fuck am I doing is, moment at the, the end of that movie. The whole thing is so, is so powerful. Awesomely done. Yeah. This. Uh, this. <laughs> what could you lose in that sequence? Lose. There, it's, 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 
It's I a was PS4 sitting game. in that movie going, oh my God. First of all, there's literally, I felt like it was just, and, and I'm sure this is the case. You hear this, that, you know, you have like a second unit director. I mean, it didn't even feel like it was directed. It felt like someone just went like, let's just shoot a bunch of stuff and put it together. It yes. just happened. There's nothing. There, there's no feeling. There's no kinetic energy to the scene. Well, They're just happening. And where's Peter's direction? Around. There's nothing. So you're just kind of wasting. Yeah. You're, you're spinning and, wheels. On your character, and, you're spinning wheels. Right. And oh my God, I have never been more embarrassed for what someone I consider a great actor than Paul Giamatti in this movie. Well, you know what? Maybe he'll redeem what? himself in Secret Six, <laughs> Sinister Six. How? Uh, I, I don't know. The Rhino is ridiculous. Um, He's our, my, one of my friends who, who, my friend who's not a fanboy right. actually loved this movie. He actually said something to me after. He said, oh my God, it was so much fun. And then he said something and I almost punched him in the face. But Peter, uh, but Excuse Peter, me, I'm you want to hear this? Peter, I almost punched him in the face. He said, I liked it better than Captain America when a soldier. I said, you need to walk the fuck away from me. Well, you know what? It only made $3 million less than Captain America Winter Soldier. Well, so. but, no, but you're exactly right. He said it was just a fun movie. And um, I went, really? It was fun? But let's go back to that opening sequence. Let's say you're, let's say you're the guy writing American, Amazing Spider-Man oh. 2, right? Yeah. And you put up the postcards for the opening scene, right? And you're like, okay, what does this need to accomplish? And in the Amazing Spider-Man, Raimi's version... Didn't you think that, that at least the, the heist was going to matter? It was going right. to be something? Well, well let, let's do a little exercise. In The Amazing Spider-Man, you're like, okay, what do I have to establish in this whole little silly, fun pizza introduction of the movie? Right. I have to establish that Peter is... No, in Spider-Man, not in Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. You keep getting Yeah, confused. Spider-Man 2. Peter's always late. Peter, uh, you know, is, right. is worried that... Uh, Mary Jane has moved on. She moved on. You know, responsibility. Everything's happened to her. She's beyond him. She's up in the clouds. She's this this unattainable thing, which is the point of look at her up on a billboard. Talk about unattainable. So much above him, right? There are a few jobs that that sequence has to, like, like do, and it does that. This sequence was. We need to introduce Oscorp, and Peter has to be late to his graduation. Right. (laughs) It's just. It's it's just oh, it's just and, fat. and we need the cameo of Alexi because then we need to know and I actually still yeah. not clear why but yeah. for some reason because he's the person that was doing that heist he ends up as the rhino. I'm not really sure why. I mean, I want to say in in more of a common thing was like, "Oh, he has a hate for Spider-Man," but I didn't really establish that for me. I mean, Ian, are you, are you okay with the fact that I enjoyed this movie? Jonathan, Considering I contextualize Jonathan, I am it. okay with it because you need to remember that you asked me right away after, and you know, right. listeners, you should know, Jonathan and I have an agreement. Going I'll never back see to the. the first I'll Beach never Cave. see this movie again. Wait, wait. <laughs> we have an agreement that we don't discuss the movies till we sit together. We usually right. see them together, so it right. makes it really difficult. Right. We go together. We sit in the theater together, and usually it's a day or so. We don't even tell each other reactions, and then we do the show together. So, but now in this Twitterverse and everything else, it it it's just really hard for us. To not say anything. And I made a very subtle comment about implying that I didn't completely hate it. And Jonathan was making snide comments on Twitter yeah, yeah, yeah. that, you know, he's questioning everything. He's questioning my own reality. Kerner, yeah. You know, and, and I replied. I said, just wait until you, see you don't know how I felt. Yeah. You know, oh, um, but that's just it. I didn't completely hate it. There's things I really hate and I'm disgusted <laughs> and I'm amused. And you hated them while but, you were sitting in the theater? Well, yeah, listen, the whole Max right. Dellum thing was just so grown Hilarious. And, and, and Gave parti- me my biggest Particularly that year. scene of that heist, I thought was one of the worst directed and edited action scenes in a big budget movie I've ever seen. It just didn't have, it just wasn't, it didn't have purpose. It didn't have a whole it, lot of purpose it, not besides have purpose, get it just, it, Peter it, it wasn't directed or edited well. It just, it just felt like it was happening. I didn't feel any, you know, right. when, when something's directed well, you feel it in your gut and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. There's no excitement. It was just happening. Right. You know? You lied um, to me. You well, shot at me. And, and, and now, yeah. The even voices now, in his head? Hey, buddy. Yeah, you know, I'm your friend, all that. It's like, you know, even that. Well, right. Yeah, you have to introduce Max with that sequence. Right, did. right. And, 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 and so, so, so you were talking about so, point. Yeah, so there was a there's point a there. Point. But, 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 but here's the thing, you know. But it took 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I've asked late on this, and we've talked about this, and we keep talking about this. In many ways, I really like Garfield in it. I really like the wisecracky stuff. Yes, yes. You know? But there's that too cool hipster thing that he does that bothered us in the first movie. Is that really Peter? And again, even as Spider-Man, you know, his whole thing with, you know, in the one sense, you think, oh, he's making Max feel good. But didn't he kind of overdo it a bit? You know, isn't it a little too much? Yeah, you know, we're friends or buddies. Like, 
honestly, I'm going to be a little bit politically, un- unpolitically correct right now. I mean, the guy's like seemingly mentally deficient, <laughs> he's like you know? Mentally and he's telling him, hey, man, yeah, you're my friend. I can't do this without you. No shit the guy's then fixated on. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it's so over-the-top ridiculous. You remember my birthday. Yeah. It's, you remember my name. It's so over-the-top ridiculous as we watch it. But I at love the same time, it's like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we should, you know, maybe Spider-Man should have expected that. Am I asking too much? I don't know. You know, it's just like, wait, what the hell is going on here? It's like being nice to somebody that like, yeah. will then stop Exactly. You. As you said, Gwen remembered his name. Now, th- that's the other thing. It was so ridiculous that a big deal she remembered his name. And yet later, she was really worried and doing a search and looking for him. Right. You know? I found that a little hard to believe, except we're supposed to feel that she is very smart and she did see him as Electro, so maybe she recognized him. The outrageousness? Is it okay to like the outrageousness? Am I in the wrong for liking the outrageousness? No, it's okay. Listen, because it, it there's helps nothing me wrong with, with enjoying it. something that's over the top for what it is. And that's what I think general audience is feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm that detached. Well, my friend said he loved it, and I went, really? And he said it was just a lot of fun and over the top. And for those of us that are not emotionally invested because this is, you know, because we're a fan of forever. Well, the first one. Yeah. The first one pretty pretty much negated my ability to be emotionally attached. So as we take this apart, I mean, every villain there's problems with. I mean, let me say one thing about Green Goblin. I got worried for a minute, and I'm so happy they did not try to do some stupid love triangle. I got really worried when Harry's asking Peter about Gwen and, oh, she works for you, I was so worried the they were going to go there. And then right afterwards, there's a scene in the, or a few in minutes the later in the elevator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the great thing was, as he's asking her, I'm like, he's so fucking creepy. And they didn't make a love connection. I really felt like, you know, he's just fucking the, creepy. The, I mean, the potential of this movie in storylines like that are, is really stunted by the, how inefficient that first movie was. Because had they introduced, like, Harry in right. a way in the first one... The, the way, the tragedy, quote-unquote, of Harry Absolutely. would have been a lot better in, in, in Harry's father. I mean, an email back and forth with J. Jonah and Jameson, sure, it was cute, but well, does it really, well, 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 like, well, does it really... I have to point something out to you. You know, the, the, the Raimi trilogy had Harry in earlier, which is not accurate in the comics. I mean, course, yeah. nor Gwen either. I mean, nor in, the MJ, com- in the comics... Nor MJ, come on. That, that's right. Well, actually, MJ's interesting, because MJ exists in the background we know she exists yes, but we don't actually meet yeah. her peter graduates in issue 18 i think it's issue 21 he starts at empire state and he meets gwen and harry at empire state college right. they're friends for years they're already buddies you know when he meets them both and harry doesn't like him at first it's actually gwen that makes them friends um and then ultimately and interestingly enough it's at the end of issue 42 which is the rhino's first appearance that we finally see Mary Jane. But they've been talking about Mary Jane for years. Yes, I agree. she's May's the, best friend, Rose, the next door neighbor's yeah, niece. niece. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of an interesting thing. Um, that, uh, and yeah. I, I kind of wanted, when, when he's at the, the grave at the end of the movie through all those seasons, he keeps he's at the grave, Gwen's grave. I thought it would have been hilarious if he's sitting there mourning and all of a sudden he hears this, Hey, Tiger. <laughs> they turn around. That's how they introduce well, Mary Jane. Well, well, well <laughs> it, 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 it's interesting you brought that up because, you know, originally, like <laughs> originally Shanley Woodley was supposed to be in this movie. Yes. They were going to introduce her. And I wonder if they, if they really gave her some thought. You know, in the comics, it's really messed up. So they'd introduced MJ. He's already with Gwen when they introduced MJ. Even though there's this, you know, it is the face of Tiger just hit the jackpot, but he's already into Gwen. And they right away play Mary Jane as this hard partying crazy girl. She dates Harry for a bit, and you kind of know that she's into Peter, but he's with Gwen, and right. there's not even a question, right? And they're all friends. Gwen dies in issue 121. By the time you get to issue 129 with the Jackal and Punisher, and shortly thereafter, they bring in the Gwen clone, Peter, Peter's with MJ. Like, it's a couple of months. It's no mm-hmm. time in the comics. It's like a freaking week. Right. Like, he's, he cries on her shoulder, and they hook up. It's really kind of disgusting. Hey, don't be judgmental. Dude, I'm just, She's I'm saying, hot. straight up, they're like right away together. It's actually great years later in the comics when they do some of the clone stuff and they have Mary Jane, and actually many times in the comics, they bring back that Mary Jane's always insecure about Gwen. Well, no shit. You started your relationship on her fucking deathbed. So the soap opera stuff in this movie is what I enjoyed. 
You like that, so kind of the, the you know what I'm talking about, right? The the, the Peter Gwen scenes. Yeah, like like that, I that stuff. Why, I don't know why you call it soap opera. It's relationship. It's relationship stuff. stuff but it wasn't but, really soapy. No, would you say that like the first Ray, two Raimi movies was kind of Ditko, and that this would be closer to the son, uh, John Romita Senior stuff, the more soap opera tone? Yeah, I'll give you that. That that's what that was what I took from it yeah, was that like if the first two if 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 the Spider-Man movies that Raimi did the first two were kind of a Ditko era. Lee and Ditko stuff. Okay. That this movie, the pluses of this movie, again, when you go in Scorched Earth like we did, and then there's little pluses that start to spring up. No, I said in the, the first room, one, the, and you're, and you're absolutely right in this one, the relationship stuff is great. I mean, I really wish that that's just it, and it's kind of interesting. From My big complaint that, that Gwen is there, and it's his fault that she's dead, but it does make the relationship stuff stronger that, of course, he gave in because it's so, how does he not? It's really right. sweet. Why are people who... I mean, what about that line go about, it. oh, you know, the, the line about, yeah, th- that's what loving you feels like? Yeah. Getting it, electrocuted, it's just, yeah. It, it was great. Yeah. It's like, it was really sweet, and I think it, it speaks to the young audiences, which is what they were going for. I mean, that's something Webb does so well. We said this after the first movie, after 500 Days of Summer. He's so, so good at that relationship stuff. He's so good at, you know, it's believable dialogue. You know, the interaction, the direction. I mean, I buy it. That little walk across the street with the cars. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I just want to see that movie. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, but that's just it. That walk was great as a Spider-Man movie because I felt that walk was, he's so oblivious because he's love-struck, but he's, the only reason I hit by, a, a, by every car is because he's Spider-Man and he's actually, his Spider-Sense right. is making him stop where he should stop. Right. You know? It was just a cool little Like he should video. be dead. You know, and, and it's tough. Partly because he's a fucking moron. And, and it's tough, and I don't want to come off as hypocritical because I say that the beginning action sequence is fat while I, you can allow this movie to have those little lyrical pieces in it. Why wouldn't you cut those if you're thinking about economy and timing? But that stuff is character. Right. That stuff is straight-up character. The action sequence, what is character beyond you have to meet Max, you have to meet uh, what's Paul Giobatti's character, and you have to make Peter late, and you have to introduce uh, uh, Oscorp. Yeah. You know, um, there's just a better version of that scene. Well, and it, and it probably, you know, first, first, look, I hate everything about the Rhino in this movie. Well, luckily you didn't get too much of it. Yeah, but, but I hated the over-the-top aspect, you know. And, and that version of the Rhino is a recent version of the Rhino. The Russian mob version of the Rhino? The Russian mob part is fine, okay? The fact that all he is is fucking Ironmonger. Pisses me off. Okay. I mean, <laughs> let, let, let's really discuss this. You know, they've, they've, the, the Marvel movies in general have taken a lot from the ultimate versions yes. of the comics. Absolutely. And, you know, what they started off doing in this first amazing Spider-Man movie, you know, the first Mark Webb movie, is this notion of Oscorp's at the center. And this is, I just read an article talking about what they want to do with the Sinister Six, Six thing. Right. You know, well, Oscorp is the center and these other things grow from it. And, you know, the interesting thing is, so they have these trials, you know, these animal hybrid trials, and they, they have this formula, and, um, okay, to the extent it works, it makes sense that you could have, pardon the term, mutagenic effects, you know, on genomes, you know, that will create different kind of beings. So it's built in what the rhino should be, so why is it just a stupid freaking exoskeleton? Um, I think I think your problem uh, stems from what you were saying earlier. If these movies, the amazing movies, are um, if if they all if the center of these movies is Oscorp, then you're you're really developing these villains in a wrong way, in a really detached way. That's exactly what it is. You know, because, That's exactly what they're doing. Because if you look at the success of the first two and, uh, that Raimi did, and the and the failure of the third. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried to do it with Sandman. They tried to work him in as a personal angle with Peter. But Peter's personal connection with uh, Norman and with uh, Otto in the first two movies is what made those tragedy and what made, uh, tragedies and what made those villains so convincing and so uh, engaging, right? Uh, you really cared about those villains. Uh, you didn't really have that in the first Spider-Man because that was really his, you know, it, that was like, that was... Uh, Richard Parker's whole thing, and you didn't really have that in this one because it's some stranger he let on, met on the street. Harry, you, you get, like, for, while he's a villain for 10 minutes, 
you could see that, but here's the problem. You didn't establish Harry early enough. Right. You see, he, he comes to Harry's door, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, but he's my best bud. Where was he your best bud? No, the, really... the idea is that his kids, they both you know, went through this stuff, and he was there for Peter, and then they say, he went away, so fine. They, they and I didn't mind it, but to strengthen the tragedy on, there's I, I, I just not you, enough running room. You, but you what, understand what, there's not enough no, running room. Totally, but they're clearly doing, look, we know that Sony is kind of, you know. Franchise happy. They're more than franchise happy. They're really trying to stretch here with build it around Spider-Man, and that's just it. It's all they got. So how do you connect it? You know, it could be New well, York. Well, I think starting with Peter would be a real yeah. way. Well, that, and that, but that's the whole point. They are starting with Peter by making it about what they did. You know, in the comics, it was a separate Goblin formula. But now, it's I, no. It's completely related. I don't he mean actually, the te- yeah, I don't mean the technical aspects of Peter. I don't mean the plot. I, I, I know but, that. I, I mean know the what character, you mean. The character I, aspects of Peter. I know what you mean, but I'm, I'm making a point. And that's, you know, now they've taken that with the Green Goblin. They've directly tied it in. The, again, with the exoskeleton... You don't have any sense that he has any abilities that the Goblin thing's done anything to him other than turn him green and make him fucking insane. Turn him into Billy Idol. You know? But, yeah, I mean, the hair, I mean, it was already bad. But um, now, you know, you're looking at this, it's like, all right, he's maniacal and focused on Peter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're supposed to feel, because Spider-Man arrested, you know, Alexi the first time, until the rhino has the hate on for him. I mean, whatever. But you see my point. No, they should be born from Peter in a character element. You, not a, yeah. I mean, the, the plot is one thing. And the, plot should be the, there. But the, this the, is it all should be more to it, but way but also, too high concept also, plot. Also, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, just sticking him in, in a giant armored suit with, and putting a horn on it doesn't make him the rhino. You know? It just, that, that just doesn't do it for me. It bothers me. I, it's fine with the vulture because that's what the vulture is. Right. He, he's a harness, you know? Same thing with Doc Ock. I mean, you know, yes, I loved what Raimi did and with, with the accident that fused them together. But okay, that I buy. So those make sense that it's just the R&D wings of Oscorp. But Rhino should have been more than that. Rhino should have been some version of the hybridization thing, you know, and, and utilizing it and, and creating them. You know, uh, Electro, the, the truth is... You lied to me. The truth is, the, the, the Electro origin, again, similar thing. We're supposed to feel there was something to that, you know. Uh... I, I wish I was a little more clear on the process that did it, but okay, at least what? It's... it had eels and electricity. Right, I'm what saying, else do you want? That, 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 that just seemed a lot to me. <laughs> I, I, I would have liked to know a little bit more about the what genome that, aspects yeah. of it, but but regardless, okay, you know, more or less. It's really anybody could have fallen that tank. Rhino, I don't really buy. Goblin, I felt was a bit of a stretch. Um, I was really worried as the movie was going on. I'm looking at my watch and I went, all right, we haven't even gotten Rhino yet. You know, now I have a question for you. Did it bother you that you didn't actually see the whole Rhino fight? It didn't bother me, actually. It didn't bother me. I wanted out. Yeah, I, I wanted I, I, out. I, I just kind of wanted I felt, eh, it's in, fine. In, in, we know he's going to beat him, whatever. And not in a hateful way, but considering like there was no weight to the Rhino character. That, yeah, or that it, did, it didn't point, matter. I was like, okay, let's just I felt forget it. They made their point. The point <clears> is he's back. Oh, of mm-hmm. course he'll beat the Rhino. But um, now... Clearly, the movie seems and feels like set up for the Sinister Six, right. which is odd. Now, every review, or actually, I'm sorry, every interview I read, they were claiming, no, it wasn't the plan. It just came about in making the movie. But you watch this movie, and all it is is set up for, this, for that being the sequel. Yeah. So th- that, I thought, was really weird. Well, you're believing the interviewees. You're what? You're believing the interviewees. Well, Either that or they didn't know what movie they were making until the end. And, and halfway through, they, they went, oh, let, let's leave this that way. It, I'm not necessarily believing the interviewees. It might really be they didn't plan it. And as happens in these movies, they actually decided their end late in the process. Right, right. Um, I mean, if you think about it, all they really had to do was throw in that little scene showing all the other villains on the row, or right. at least their equipment. Which they did, yeah. And that's what made it set up. Without that scene, that Andrew Garfield's not even in, okay? Without yeah. that scene, it isn't a setup for the Sinister Six. So they easily could have done that later. They could have filmed that scene two months ago, for all we know. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that, that the interviewees were full of shit. I'm just saying that I think that, you know, one of your big problems is that's all it ended up being. You know? Well, no, that is what it ended up being, but I don't, I don't think they always intended that. Would you prefer there be five, six movies and then a Sinister Six movie? Like, each of those villains gets a movie and then... Like- look, look, you've heard me say this before. 
I think I'm among a very small demographic that, you know, of course I'm going to see it. You know, yes. I'm going to see a Venom movie. I mean, hell, I'll go to a cardiac movie. Oh, I totally, yeah, where he's running the soup kitchen and then all of a yeah. sudden he's like doing his thing. Yeah, I'll go. I mean, I think we'll see any superhero movie. Let's just be honest. Yeah, listen, but it, it, and it's not just because I'm a whore that like some of my we like think. the genre of movies. We like the genre. I'm a big comic book fan. We're not going to apologize and, and, to you. This is Geekscape. You guys are and, 40 minutes into right. the episode. What do you expect? Yeah, and, and frankly, I even I have a friend of mine going, Ian, you're part of the problem. That's why these things keep coming out. It's like, I don't agree because then I'm going to go on Geekscape and if it's bad, I'm going to say so. Right. So, you know, but, but regardless, I'm going to go because I'm going to go if only for us to discuss it. I'm going to go because I went to this movie saying, you know what? I'm going to have fun even if it's bad. Up until a week ago, I wasn't convinced I was going to see it. I know you weren't. Yeah. Even though last time we did one of these, we said yeah. that we were going to see it. Yeah, Nick, you're right. But th- then you were like, you, you, you didn't even go with me. You yeah, wouldn't go. I said, I said, I said Ian, in all, in all honesty, uh, I got to go Saturday matinee. And I, yeah. I got to go with my friends who don't really get it and aren't hardcore comics fans. And they're probably just going to talk through it. So, I mean, I, I really tried to distance myself a lot. And I think that's why when I come back from it, I'm like, okay, I can, I can laugh throughout through the Times Square sequence and quote it for the rest of the day, annoying my wife, and feel like I got my money's worth. Because, I mean, Dr. Kafka? Oh, horrible. How awesome was that? How awesome was that? I mean, that was a tour de force. Because, I mean, it was, I mean, swing for the fences. There was so much swinging for the fences in this movie that was just like, you know what, you've got to... You've got to respect so, so, the commitment. So, so, so not only... They're committed to not, what they're doing. Not you only not do, you ha- do you have the guy torturing him, but you make him German. You may not agree with this, with what they're doing, but you have to respect the commitment to it. They're going all in yeah. in that direction. No, and that was just it. I said this earlier about wasn't it, was it homage? I mean... Kafka like is a female in the yes, movie. Yeah. Yes, yes, she is. Yeah. And her name's Kafka. She's not German. Yeah, yeah. And she's a psychiatrist. Yeah. Okay? Um, they <laughs> this, embraced this guy, this the guy camp. Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, they, exactly. They embraced <laughs> the camp. It's what they did. Right. And, but what um, do you, why do you do it? Someone made a comment about, um, they made this interesting comment about uh, the, uh, the, the distinction between these and what Marvel does. Yes. You know? Um, it's sort of my issue with it. You know, you said something that really pissed me off. Good. You, you said this in a previous podcast we did where you said that you're glad that Sony has Spider-Man. You don't want to go back to Marvel because you didn't think that Marvel has the, the time to develop and get these movies out. And I, and, and, and I almost punched and I, you in I think the face. You can punch me right now because I think I was wrong in saying that. Well, now, I, now, I know you were wrong. I, I, and, I, and I know I was pretty vocal about it. Well, I know you didn't punch me in the face, so what's up? You got to sack up every now and then. Well, lead with, lead, lead with your right. Come I, on. I, I can hit you with my left. You'll feel I, okay, it. Okay, all right. Anyway, um, the thing was, as I said at the time, it's not all the same filmmakers. Marvel would have found the slot. Wouldn't have been a problem. But no, they probably wouldn't. Probably. They definitely wouldn't bother with a Sinister Six movie or a Venom movie. You know, they certainly would knock out Spider-Man movies every couple of years and throw them in the Avengers. So... Right. Among the stupidest things you've ever said, absolutely. You know? <laughs> but, but the point I was making is the gravitas of it, of, of taking it, you know, they could, they, you know, they bring a real world feel and still keep the sense of wonder. You know, going back, looking at Winter Soldier, it's just great. And what, the other thing Marvel does well, and I'm really excited for Guardians of the Galaxy for this reason, mm-hmm. is they actually recognize within their movies, there's a superhero movie genre, but there's subgenres. Yes. You know? Yes. Captain the, America is a spy movie. 1970s. You know? Night of the yeah. Condor, and, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be this big movie. sci-fi movie. And that's you great. Know? I hope Ant-Man has a lot of comedy into it. I do. I think and, it and will think because, because of who's making it. And, yeah, yeah. And who's making it. But um, my thing with, you know, I got in an argument because our friend Eric Diaz, who used to write for Geekscape, currently writes for Nerdist, uh, wrote an article about why... DC will never be Marvel, <clears throat> you know. And it came on the heels of uh, DC uh, slash Warner Brothers announcing that they were going to make nine movies. That they had nine movies. You read that? 
That what? That Warner Brothers had nine movies planned for the DC Universe cinematic. Right. And, and, and you're rolling your eyes. But I'm only rolling my eyes because I don't believe anything about Warner Brothers' plans. It, you know, believe it or don't believe it. I believe that, you know, I believe the Marvel plans. I do. I've yet to see that, that Warner Brothers really has a, a true plan. So, so this is I, what, I think they're trying to come up with a plan right now. Well, this is what I'm saying. And they have one for two more movies. This is what I'm about to say. Uh, and, and I agree that they probably have a plan for the next two movies. The JLA, well, the, the Batman. Well, actually, actually I, should, I should take that back. They have... Man of Steel 2 slash Batman vs. Superman, and they have JLA on its heels. And they have Lobo. And they, and, <laughs> and they have Batman solo movies. Um, this is what I'm saying. Uh, and, and, they, it, and they probably want you son of a, a Wonder Woman solo movie if they think it can launch. This is, this is what I'm saying. Um, and it's also what I'm saying when I think about Sony making tonally a very different Spider-Man franchise. And say what you will about what X-Men does with Fox and what they will eventually probably maybe do with Fantastic Four. Um, oh, God. Yeah, well, we don't have to talk you about went, We don't have time to go there. No, we don't. But, uh, but what I'm saying is uh, what I like about these different studios, mainly Warner Brothers, doing DC, and this is what I'm scared of. I'm scared of them actually being seduced by the idea of becoming Marvel. Because... They made three Batman films, think what you will with Rises, but they made three Batman films in, a, in you know, two really successful Superman movies in the, in, in the early 80s, late 70s. They made uh, This Man of Steel. They have not had a horrible track record with their you let, you franchise. Have, you left they, they that Superman the, Returns. Well, they also have the two Tim Burton, you know, the first two Tim Burton By the movies. way, Superman Returns on its own didn't do that badly, but so it, it had the still, negative cost of the development for so okay, long. Okay, so, so, so you've made how, well, how many movies? you made four Superman You've made six Superman movies. You've made... Uh, Warner Brothers you, made, you a made a lot of some, money making you've these made movies. A ton of, tell me a studio that doesn't want that track record, yet all Don't anybody, forget Supergirl. Oh, wait, maybe oh, you should. Yeah, maybe you should. All anybody wants to do is compare them to Marvel. You know, Steel? The, the Dark Knight was the what, second. What about Steel? I'm, I'm friends with Kenny Johnson, so I don't know if we can talk about Steel, the director, who also created V. I'll never hate I on know. Kenny Johnson because he created V and it was Six a million dollar man. And it was a showrunner of uh, uh, Oh Alienation. Um, I love Kenny Johnson, but show me the studio that doesn't want Marvel's track or Warner Brothers track records with their DC. Yes, could it be strengthened? Absolutely. Should it be sure. Marvel? I, well, do you get the Dark Knight with Marvel, the second largest uh, no. box well, office? Well, the Dark Knight and second Batman Begins. Bat- when Listen, it was released, no, Nolan is an auteur and talk about taking the material. Why doesn't Warner Brothers take that approach? Which is it more research intensive? Why do they have to make Marvel movies when they, they should just make DC films? Look, Man of Steel was actually very much down, down to the writer. It was a Dark Knight approach. You know, so why do we keep darker, wanting to put? A, why do we serious? keep wanting to put a round peg in a square hole? Because that's all these fans can do is sit there and be like, "DC will never be Marvel. Why won't DC ever be Marvel?" It is a round you, you, peg no, you, you, being you, you, forced you, into you, a square you, hole by these fans, you, you, and all they can do is get disappointed. You, you're, you're generalizing something though, right now. The frustration is the lack of direction. They don't have to be the same movies. They don't have to be the same kind of movies. In the same way, Marvel and DC have always been different, and the tones of the characters have been different. When they did the Avengers JLA miniseries, yeah. Kurt Busiek did yeah. you know, a number of years ago, yeah. they actually, one of the most brilliant things about that miniseries was they discussed how the different universes were different. The sense of hope, even down to, you know, on the DC world, there were more cities. And yeah, was, the size more, was actually different. Yeah, but, and people just, you know, the perspective was different. Marvel was darker, and, you know, it was, I mean, DC now has brought that in. Honestly... It's, they switch places, it seems well, like. Well, I might seem saying they switch places per se, though I know why you say that, but Man of Steel, what they did in Man of Steel was interesting. You know, I'm old enough to remember, you know, and I was a big fan then, you know, after Christ and Infinite Earths, you know, um, not only did it do something huge by getting rid of the multiple Earths and merging into one Earth, but something that happened at that time in the industry is it used to be that everyone had to be signed with one of the two companies. And there was no freelancing, and there was yes. no crossover. No, it was a, and after it was a that, for exclusives. Yeah, after that, they were, people were able to go back and forth. And the big deal was John Byrne went over to Superman. And, you know, uh, they were, the, the line at the time was they were marvelizing DC. Okay? Superman, they put his powers a little more in perspective. Instead of, he was no longer moving planets. By flying right. up, moving them out of orbit. Yeah, no, you know? they, they, so they, they, sort, they sort of put you on know, the strength level more along the lines of like that Hulk Thor level. You know, I'm not saying it's a realistic level, but it was quantifiable. 
you know, and, and things like that. And, you know, they, they, the idea was more about the stories were a little bit more grounded. So interestingly to me, you, know, you look at Man of Steel and, and you see that it's the reaction to him is a reaction that you saw in Marvel with Spider-Man always, Spider-Man Menace, you know? Mm. That was a big deal. Before that, the superhero was always lauded by the police and by the newspapers, you know? But Marvel did that first, that, you know, the down-on-his-luck hero that not everybody loved, you know? Now, it's interesting for me, um, I look at Man of Steel and I'm like, yeah, that's realistic in this day and age. I don't care what his intentions are, the United States government, no one would believe the United States government would react any way differently than what they do in that movie. Right. You know? But I see your point about the gravitism. See, but the thing is, you're saying it's different in the Marvel movies. It isn't different in the Marvel movies. Look at the Hulk. Look at the Iron Man movies. S.H.I.E.L.D. comes in and basically, re- you know, they're pretty much arrest and take no, control I'm, I'm of Tony Stark from I'm, the get-go. I'm talking about tone. But... No, you're the talking to- about plot. Well, I'm talking about plot, but... But he, he, tone is just about the individual filmmakers. Yes. You know, because, again, the Marvel movies start off with, with tone being a little bit lighter, but not that much lighter. Iron Man's tone is not light. I mean, it's freaking terrorists and blowing shit up from the get-go, you know? Um, it's pretty much a terrorist in the second one, too. And, hey, look at that, a terrorist in the third one, you know? So that's all that's going on in the Iron Man movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Captain America, you know... Obviously, we've discussed this before. The decision to make Hydra, you know, they downplay the Nazi thing, I think, was very much about international sales, you know? But even so, you know, it makes it a little bit more campy. They called it a Nazi on S.H.I.E.L.D. Did you catch that? Uh, Yeah, I did catch that. And I like that. I love it. Yeah, it's a fucking Nazi. What do you think the Hydra is, you know? So, um, yeah, you know, I know what you're saying about tone. But I really just think it's the gravitas of the filmmaker mm-hmm. more than anything. I think the dark tone is there. I think the Marvel movies are very grounded. And you, you know? think Warner Brothers is aiming to have Ben Affleck take on one of these films and put it in the same tone? Absolutely. Yeah. He's yeah. going to do that with the Batman films. And they want the, plan. the tone. They want the tone yeah. he brings to, to his films. Yeah. Well, yeah. He wants the, the, the gritty thing that we've seen him do in his movies. You Which know, is so much really different well. than the Marvel yeah. movies. It's and why I you think, always said you wanted that. I think that's a smart him move on Warner Brothers, right? That's why I think I've it's always very wanted smart. him to do a Daredevil. You know, I, I, I would I love think, to see Ben Affleck. Look, Daredevil. and that's just it. The DC Comics, <laughs> they were already doing it before the New Fifty Two. You know, they very much did this. You know, going back to Wonder Woman killing Max Lord. Right. You know that that DC through the nineties evolved into being very story driven. You know, and very gritty. I mean, you know, it really, you can go back to The Dark Knight Returns. You know, um, pushing Batman being very street level and hard, getting way, way far away from the 60s tone of campiness. You know, Um, I think it's, listen, you know, even the the Burton Batman movie, it has its, you know, its campy aspects, but there's definitely some grit to it. You know, it's just that, you know, Schumacher went away from it. And there are articles that discuss every one of those Batman movies as a direct homage to a different period in the Batman comics. I mean, yeah. that, 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 that they actually are much more intelligent than they seem at face value. Ultimately, my take on that is, who gives a shit? Yeah, make a good movie. Movies, yeah, just you make know? a good movie. I mean, you know, the point of making the movies are not that they should eventually fit into someone's thesis paper in an obscure, you know, Website English somewhere. class, yeah. you know? Um, Richard Parker, let's get back to Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, this Richard Parker thing where he... Where he One thing I liked about the okay, Richard Parker thing in this movie, because we know that Amy Pascal copped out in the first movie when she heard fan reaction to the genetically engineered thing with Peter yeah. and caught it, and it made the movie not make sense in a lot of ways. So now they stepped away from the idea that he was pr- pretty much playing fucking Dr. Frankenstein on his own child, and they just said, oh, he used his own DNA. Right. So it still works that Peter's special... But it, because it, it came yeah. from his DNA. Um, the Instead ninja- of him actually, his father actually did fucking experiments um, on him. That Ninja Turtle layer? Yeah. That was awesome. It's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe, maybe not for the reasons intended. Oh, you, you, mean, you mean the fact that he basically has Lex Luthor's lair from the Superman movie? From yeah, he, I mean, the Ninja Turtle layer was awesome. Yeah. Uh, who was he sending that, that message to? I don't know. I have no idea. Did he email to himself? Yeah, he uploaded it so whoever finds it in the laboratory, but no one could have found it. No, not without those quarters. Right. And it's, 
It's a Ninja Turtles layer. Right. I was like... I, I'm saying, okay. it was so important that he uploaded so that his son down the line will become Spider-Man and, and find it. Wouldn't you rather send it to somebody who you trusted to be like, please... It, wouldn't like, you, like, like, the, like the government? No, like YouTube. <laughs> like, like the New York Times? The New York Times. Like anywhere that you think that this might expose the actual threat that's going to I mean, cause I mean, you in your not wife the Daily Bugle because, you know, they, they're not interested in those kind of headlines, right. you know, but... That was funny that he just emails it to himself in a subterranean yeah. layer. And it just pops up instantly when, when he gets it. Well, get finish the download, yeah. Sure. Incoming file. Yeah. I'm glad the power was still running. It's right. good. That's right. quite a bit of assumptions for a brilliant scientist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, More to the point, he was apparently going there every day for years. So doesn't that mean it's an Oscorp lab? Because where did Oscorp think he was working? Well, you know, he left at 6 a.m. and he came back at 7 p.m. He's just no, putting hours. The, the point of, was that's time. how he figured out the tokens. He was working for Oscorp at the time. So yeah. don't they know where he's working? Well, I'm guessing he went to the secret la- layer and built it and all that. Like in the few hours before going into Oscorp and the few hours after. You know? And, do, and did his work there. Why? It doesn't make any sense. It, it's, I mean, you know what? You, you're asking sense. too much. Am I? <laughs> well, well, I, I wasn't. Is, is that now the spider there? Right, right. Does he have that for the, for I was the asking, movies? I was asking too much. They opened that thing up yeah, and, then, and then that was it. First. It was gone. What, six months went by, right? Four uh, months, whatever. There's a danger in asking too much of these films. I wasn't asking of anything, and I actually had fun in the theater. Right. But then you sit with it, and the, 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 you know, the longer we sit talking about it, the more we'll find wrong with it. Of course. Because there's plenty. That being said... Um, it, I, as you said before, never see it again. Understand why general audiences will enjoy it. Classic fans will find so much wrong, and a lot will piss you off. But there are good things. Uh, you know... Him in the webs, quipping, some funny stuff in there, some cool stuff from saving people. The clock you know. stopping at 121. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the clock stopping. Um, Which may not be a good thing. I don't know what it is. I just think it's, yeah, it's, it's an Easter egg, whatever. It's homage. Um, this movie, is it going to be a failure? No, it clearly isn't. Look at the money. It's already done a couple hundred million internationally. internationally and, uh, you know. It's going to eclipse the first one. Yeah, so, so of course it's not a failure. It's making a lot of money. I mean, when you say failure, are we talking about financially or creatively? Mm. Well, I think we're already down the road on one. Right. But financially... Well, look, let's it, be honest. I mean, is Going sin- back to one, we didn't want them to make it to begin with. We thought it was a bad idea. Right, but and, is this Sinister but they made Six? Money. Are these movies, The Venom and the Spider-Man 3, are these going to happen? We, oh, you they're, they're going to happen. One of them's going to happen. Uh, is, do, do people... Go see them. Do people care? I mean, who do you have in them that anyone gives a shit? And how much money are you going to spend on making it? I don't know. Look, you know, I can't wait for Guardians of the Galaxy, but there's no name recognition. Is, right. is just the Marvel name alone going to do it? I hope so, because I think it looks awesome. And I know what a big deal it is. Right. And it is built around Thanos, you know. Did you read the comic prequel? Oh, the one that came out? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. It, I it, have it, it. It's Nebula's yeah. origin. Right. So, which basically leads it to being um, Gamora's origin. Right. So, it, within the cinematic universe, it's different than the comics. Well, um, what else do you want to say on Amazing Spider-Man 2? I think we pretty much nailed it. I think so. I mean, you, you, is there any other things that are like, I mean, we didn't even talk about Norman, but granted, he was just a scene. He was weird and creepy. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting little thing about, oh, he's green, so I guess that, you know, yeah. the, the, the green skin makes him the green goblin. Well, I mean, yeah. and then Harry has a hickey that he, like, can't get rid of. Yeah. He can't just cover that up. I mean, he wears scars, but he's got this hickey rash. Yeah. Herpy hickey. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and this movie exists. Yeah. I enjoyed my two and a half hours with it. Okay. Maybe not for the reasons that, uh, you know. Maybe not for the reasons the filmmakers intended, but I enjoyed was. my two and a half hours. I do not regret them. And, uh, and I will continue to do my Max Dillon, probably at Comic-Con. My feeling, and I, you know, I don't normally like to think in terms of lists, but people go, oh, is, is it as bad as Spider-Man 3? It isn't. It's not as bad as Spider-Man 3, you sadly. Know, which is sad, you know, and you know that Spider-Man 3 broke my heart. Because yeah. I love this second Collectively, so collectively. Yeah. I think you, you as, know, a, as a community, it did. I mean, and I think I said this after the first one, especially even considering his age. You know, I felt that Tobey Maguire did such a good job, both at the age he was at and everything else, to play the high school Peter Parker in the first and second movie. 
but he didn't age right for the Spider-Man afterwards. I would have been very happy with Andrew Garfield playing older than he plays in these movies. Right. Playing that Peter Parker in his mid-20s. Sure. You know, not everyone's going to realize this, but in the comics, Peter Parker starts off very nerdy. His glasses at first. He's really skinny. He's little. And, you know, you, you talked about the difference in the artists, you know, um, but they really developed him uh, in the comic books, going away from that nerdy kid to in the twenties, they start drawing like he's he's good looking, he's fit. I mean, they sort of made it. There was actually a point in the comics where he lost his powers briefly, but he was still kind of athletic. And you know, and he theorized that it was like, well, all the years of being Spider-Man and the strain, all that. It's still, it's like his muscles got to work out in general. So he's not just scrawny anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, and obviously developed, he dated, whatever else, you know. Um, I was bothered in, in the first amazing movie about the, the hipster vibe of Garfield from the get-go because I always felt that a big part of Spider-Man is becoming Spider-Man helped Peter get out of that shell, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we, we, something we didn't talk about yet that interesting ties in is in the comics, um, they finally just, they just brought Peter back after, uh, you know, it was Doc Ock inhabiting his body mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. Um, and, um, and the first comic was really good. It, w- it was really entertaining. Uh, but there's a great moment in it where uh, something happens. And the Avengers have been speculating, oh, something was up with him. And you have Spider-Woman and Captain America talking. And basically, it's like he loses all his clothes and then he like, has to web up, you know, his private area and he's only wearing the mask. And it's this great aside where uh, Spider-Woman goes, Captain America's like, oh, that's definitely Parker. And he's like, yeah. how can you tell? It's like, that can only happen to Parker. <laughs> like, no one else has his luck. Right. Like, and, and it's just, and he's so, like, whimsical, like, oh, God, look at this thing I'm in making jokes about it. Mm. You know, it's like, there's no one else like him. You know? And, and, and that's, that's Spider-Man. That's Peter. I like the wisecracking that Garfield does. But I did, you're right. The gravitas in this movie was missing in the Uncle Ben death. So maybe it's good setup, you know, because we're, maybe we're finally getting there. But, God, they got to do something with the villain development. You know, listen, it's a problem in the first one also, but I almost didn't pay attention to it because I was so busy looking at all the bad edits, you know, as they cut that movie up. You know, um, they got to do a, a better job. And, and frankly, you talk about Sinister Six, when you look at this movie and you see how bad everything of the villains is... That's the whole movie for the Sinister Six. Yeah. So then what are you left with? Who's the hero of that one? Well, even if it's an anti-hero or, you know, even if it's built around a villain, who's the main character? Right. Who's the movie built around? You know, a lot of the interviewees are talking about, oh, uh, are they truly villains? It's just a different, so it's different take in life. Well, no, I'm not saying it's Thunderbolts. I mean, it could be that, but I'm, I'm just uh, I, I don't think that's where they're going to go with it because I don't think they're going to try to do a redemption story. I don't think that's the idea. I think Venom will be. Right. But Venom's you know, not one of the Sinister Six. No, Venom's going to be along the lines of the lethal protector thing. Right. Michelini, David Michelini created Venom, you know, and he was Eddie. Eddie Brock wasn't originally a bad person, but he messed up and he blamed Spider-Man for stuff and he was this homicidal maniac after Spider-Man. But then he had this warped morality thing, and the initial thing was to make him still scary, but trying to do good, you know? And it's evolved all the way to now, With where you have Flash Venom in the Avengers, yeah. and now he's in the Guardians of the Galaxy as, as, as an Avengers liaison. Right. Um, when I introduced those characters already, do you get into the same problems you do with Harry in this movie? I agree with you. Like, why not introduce these characters? If you're going to really set that tapestry up, but, but, why, but, 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 but then, then going back to something you said before, then you open yourself up to the, the same criticism that everyone's saying about Man of Steel 2, Batman vs. Superman, that why don't you just, just call it JLA already because the movie's filled with introducing characters. But this is Spider-Man, and those are characters that are And that's Superman, buddies. yeah. And what? Well, these are characters that develop stories of their own. It's not Batman vs. Superman. Batman and Superman are like the big ones. Yeah. Cyborg is a big one. Like Wonder Woman is a big one. Listen, we this haven't seen like, this we haven't seen this movie yet, right. but this is like Flash. This is like why not have a Flash Thompson in this movie? Or or have a Eddie Brock in this movie. Why not have you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Where's the yeah. where's the tapestry that makes I, up I agree supporting with you. cast? I, the supporting I totally cast agree. still feels narrow, especially if you're gonna then turn it into Listen, a Listen, same thing. You know, they were originally gonna have Shailene Woodley as Mary Jane in this movie and they decided not to and 
I think introducing her as a character and letting her know she already exists will enable you to buy better that eventually he ends up with her in the next right. movie. Interesting cult. By the way, oh, here's something we talk about. Felicia as Harry's I assistant. Know. I know. They didn't say the last name. They didn't say the last they name. They didn't say it, but everyone's saying she's Felicia Hardy, who, right. for your, your listeners, it's, a black, it, it's a black cat. Right. You know? Now, she doesn't even have the right color hair. No. But is that her real hair? Whatever. Oh. I don't care about the hair per se, <laughs> but everyone seems to think that Felicia is Felicia Hardy. Right. So, so interesting. I'm glad it's in there because you can build off of it. Right. Well, I'm, all, I'm bringing it up off yeah. of what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Ian, I'm going to close this out. Okay. I think they've had enough Spider-Man 2. They've sat through the movie. I think you and, and I've had enough of it. it. Well, um, I will continue to say that I uh, enjoyed my two and a half hours with it. I will continue to talk like Max Dillon. You, 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 enjoy, you enjoyed your two and a half hours, but not for the reasons they necessarily intended. Some of them. I mean, the, the Peter Glenn yeah, stuff. There were moments. Some of them, they moments. did A-OK. And some of them... Not so much. You lied to me. You lied to you me. You shot at me. You remember my name. It's my birthday. I will be saying that at Comic-Con, for sure. Mir- Miracuru. Miracuru. Oh, my God. We'll talk about Arrow soon. All right, guys. You guys should be watching Arrow. We love uh, Arrow. We will see you guys at the next one. We'll talk to you guys on the next uh, episode. All right? Peace.